Not sure where you might be catching this show, but I am in the central Texas area, and it's extremely hot, extremely early, and I've looked on the national map, and it's happening not everywhere, but a lot of places. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to stay cool in hot weather. And I'll give you a little hint that I was even fascinated by this. This is from some science I found at two or three different universities. And my, uh, my thought was always, no matter what the situation was, the first thing you do is turn on a fan, especially if you don't have an air conditioner. Well, believe it or not, there's situations where, and even though it's hot, a fan is actually a liability rather than an asset. So we'll kind of get into that. It was a surprise in the study that I had not realized before. Although it's a never diminishing number, believe it or not, there's still a few people around that don't think climate change is even real. Well, let me tell you, the scientific consensus is clear. Climate change will continue to cause record-breaking temperatures that are more frequent, more intense, and when they come along, they're going to last longer. One of the first things to consider is you, period. Prevention starts with the recognition of when the temperature is getting too hot to handle. And all of us, or at least to a certain degree, have a different limited base, and it's based usually on your age, your health, the conditions you're in, and the environment itself. And all that needs to be taken in to consideration. Let's start talking here a minute about what I call the obvious. You gotta watch for Always, it's the first heat wave of the year wherever you are that is actually usually the most detrimental. And anytime outside temperatures exceed 95 degrees, humans are in some jeopardy there. Prolonged increased sweat production tells you you're maybe on the verge of something not healthy. And of course, you got to keep hydrated, keep your liquids up. In the South, and especially in third world countries, they drench themselves regularly with water. They just don't. They actually put water on themselves. Okay, and of course, anytime you get in the shade is a smart idea. That just makes sense. Turning on fans to reduce air conditioner use does help. But be careful in dry weather. This is where this little uh, new addition in information that I've learned comes in uh, important. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Until recently, at least, a lot of our interventions traditionally really just focused on reducing the temperature of the air that surrounds us instead of concentrating on cooling the people themselves. Though access to air conditioning helps prevent deaths from heat for sure, relying mainly on an AC may not actually always be an ideal solution. In urban areas with a lot of AC use, waste heat from the units themselves actually makes the entire environment hotter. Kind of strange, of course, makes sense. And the carbon pollution caused by running airs constantly fuels further climate change, more heat, leading to hotter temperatures down the road. And for some people, at least, of course, financial costs just makes some air conditioning inaccessible. We don't, we're, most of us here in this country are pretty lucky. And AC is useless during blackouts or brownouts or because you can't afford to pay the power bill. Still got to be considered. A more sustainable solution is to turn on fans and turn up the thermostat on your air conditioner. Fans help increase airflow across the skin that keeps people cool and comfortable. Even with an air conditioner set at a higher temperature, your relative body temperature will be lowered considerably by circulating the air. 
Now this means you can increase the thermostat on your air conditioner, for instance, instead of even turning it down to 72 degrees, which seems always what used to be the magic number, with fan, why don't you turn it up to 78 or 80? Over the period that you're gonna use that during the summers, the several months, it will save not a little, but a lot of energy, which means a lot of savings on your electric bill. And of course, fans do help for cooling when air conditioning is not available, especially, but fans may not always be the right solution, especially, I lived in Fort Davis, Texas for a in really true dry conditions. Under certain circumstances, particularly those certain, with certain types of people, and I kind of fall into that, uh, fans themselves can actually aggravate the problem pretty significantly, and that, I found that to be a surprise. In a controlled lab study, the students in the college actually created a climate chamber, okay? And then they artificially made two events, one that reminded them of the hot, humid Chicago heat wave back in the 90s that killed hundreds, no, yeah, several hundred people, where temperature rose to 102, but humidity was still at 60%. And then another scenario that, that was like a dry heat wave, uh, temperatures over 100 up to 110 or 12, but only 15% humidity. As if, for instance, in a hot and dry room, turning a fan on blows hot air towards people, creating an environment similar, think about it this way, as a convection oven. The studies found that in dry heat wave conditions, fan use actually raised the internal temperature of the research participants. Among elderly participants and those with age-related health problems, fans worsened dehydration and increased the strain on their hearts. As a matter of fact, because of the alarming findings in this particular program, they actually terminated part of their tests because of the results they were getting. So data from the, the study supported that the use of fans for healthy adults under 40 years old when temperatures remain below 102 degrees, healthy adults over 65 can use fans until a, about a temperature of 100 even, and those over 65 and with high-risk medicines, for instance, should cease fan use altogether at any temperature above 98 degrees. And that's just a long-term study that gives you a general guideline that I found surprising. And even though it might even sound uncomfortable to us in the civilized West where we are, they found that self-dousing or drenching the body is a tool that was used to stay cool, especially in really hot and even more so in dry climates, uh, like during power outages. The water doesn't even have to be cold, folks. Tap water works fine. You just got to keep your skin wet. Water on the skin substitute and enhances the power of, of sweat, of perspiration, and it allows the body to cool through evaporation and without the risk of dehydration. The same studies show that even self-dousing outside is also very helpful. It's, it, you, if you can, douse yourself and get in an open shade situation, of course, drink regularly if you've got the liquid to do it, and don't overexert yourself. Unless you have some real health problems, you're likely to be pretty safe. Just keep in mind, when our bodies overheat, we can start down a path to heat stroke. The first symptoms are usually muscle cramps and a flushed skin, 
I've, I've been around some people that went through this. Victims may then progress to heat exhaustion, symptoms of nausea, vomiting, weakness, and even fainting. If not dealt with, ultimately, extreme heat stress can lead to a life-threatening emergency known as a heat stroke. In this situation, the body continues to keep pumping blood to the surface of the skin. But then it starts depriving, in extreme cases, oxygen to the organs, leading to organ damage, even if you survive. The body's core temperature starts rising quickly, setting off a whole cascade of, in some cases, irreversible tissue breakdown, inflammation, and all kinds of nerve signaling collapses that, that start not working. Without early cooling, death rates can be as high as 80%. Think about that. For those who survive, organ damage can last for years and in many cases uh, become a permanent problem for them just because they got overheated. So please realize that as the world continues to warm, it's more important than ever that you understand how to stay cool and to avoid health dangers associated with higher temperatures. And again, we're kind of lucky here in our country. Most of us don't have that problem, although we've lost hundreds of people several times in, in heat waves that come on suddenly and we're not prepared for them. I really never like to finish any quarter of my shows with what I call bad news, but some things are happening that we just need to know about. There's a study by scientists from a bunch of institutions now that I kind of keep up with, the biggest one being Cornell University, that has found that significant, not just some, significant declines in bird populations are taking place all across the planet, and our country is no exception. Loss and degradation of natural habitats, direct overexploitation in some parts of the world, and climate change itself are all driving the bird populations into decline. According to this study I recently found, about 48% of existing bird species worldwide are known or suspected of undergoing population declines. The populations of 39% of the bird species appear to be pretty much stable, but only 6% of the birds have populations that are increasing. A study in 2019 determined that nearly, and I remember this study, 3 billion breeding birds have been lost in the United States and Canada over the past five decades. The new study shows that the same patterns of population decline and extinction are happening globally as well. According to the study, there are now the first signs of a new wave of extinctions of continentally distributed bird species. The ornithologists that are studying these bird populations, that the situation is strongly dependent on stopping the loss and degradation of habitats. Habitat loss is generally driven by human demand for resources. Reducing the human footprint on the world, of course, is what would really be needed. Birds are a highly visible indicator of environmental health, and their declining populations signal a much more wide loss of biodiversity and threats to human health and well-being than we realize. In essence, it's the old story. They are indeed the canary in the coal mine. In this case, they're the canary in our entire environment. Fortunately, there is somewhat of a global network of bird conservationists trying to prevent further loss of bird species and bird abundance. 
Keeping track of the situation is essential and there is a growing participation by the public in bird monitoring, bird watching, but ultimately it's going to depend on governments and society in general to support sustainable resource use and learn how to share the planet with nature all around us. It's kind of similar to me, like I'm always encouraging you folks to change everything in your house to LEDs. Well, if you've got any space at all, consider putting a bird feeder out or at least a constant source of water in these really, really heat-stressed periods. You're going to be doing them a favor. You're going to enjoy having them as company and you may just be part of saving a little piece of nature rather than uh, abusing it and losing it.